are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend, Connor Drios, and it is not a Victory Monday edition of the podcast. In fact, we got to talk about what happened last night for the Arizona Sun Devils uh, basketball program when they took on San Francisco and ultimately dropped a very close game, but had the opportunity to close the game out. We're also going to talk a lot about Arizona's football schedule, which was released earlier or later last week, and we're going to talk about what it what it looks like for the team and not so much early predictions for the games, but where we think ASU could finish, how we feel about about it all confidence-wise. And then we're going to talk about our boy Darian Butler, who many of you know is the, is the spirit animal of this podcast. We're going to talk about how he recently accepted an invitation to the East-West Shrine Bowl to begin his process for the NFL Draft. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by Sonos. Reinventing home audio for today and tomorrow, the smart home sound system help the world listen better. Connor, I just, you know what, before I even ask you, I, I do want to thank the listeners so much for making us your first listen every day. And the best part about this podcast, we're free and available on all platforms. That's right, all platforms. That includes Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Me and Connor are there. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, giving you the best Arizona State content and the whole wide world. Connor, the people can find me on Twitter at RichieBrads36, but where can they find you? They can find me at Cedrios, and they can find our Twitter page at LO underscore Sundables. Perfect. So with that being said, now you know where to find us and all that good jazz. Connor, I am contractually obligated to ask you at the beginning of every podcast, how are you, my friend? Doing okay. That uh, ASU game was very back and forth. Uh, we'll, we'll talk into a, a little bit more about that in just a second here. Ton of lead changes throughout the game, specifically the second half. Um, rough, rough way to lose, man. Uh, they had the lead late in the game. They just kind of gave it away. But to be honest, even though they they've been doing well, their last three games they didn't dominate any of their opponents. It just kind of felt like they were on the flip side of it this time, and they lost a close game instead of winning one. Yeah, I mean, look. The- Thinking about that game last night, it just felt like there were so many different opportunities for the Sun Devils to really put away the Dons, which I thought that was an interesting... Is, it, is that like a reference to like a mafia crime thing? Like the Don? I don't think so. You definitely could think that way, but there's something to it that we just haven't researched, but they, they the Dons beat us, so it's not like we can say anything about their name, right? They're going to give us an offer... We can't refuse. And that's an L. And that's an L. Connor, it just felt like there were so many opportunities for the Sun Devils to put the game away. They had a pretty decent cushiony lead for a little bit. And unfortunately... It was pretty much much just early on. Like In the first half, they start... I I think that uh, San Francisco made the first shot. And then ASU went on like a 7-0, 9-0 run or something like that. And they had probably almost a 10-point lead early on, but... After that, it was just very back and forth. San Francisco ended up taking the lead um, after a couple runs early on in the first half. Uh, and then by the end of it, uh, they were down only two. So not 
a terrible position, but not exactly where you would hope to be after being up like 8-10 at one point. So not uh, not totally ideal. In the first half alone, San Francisco got, shot 46% from the field and 50% from three-point range. So phenomenal shooting as a team. Uh, so it's not like they were relying on one individual person, but they were just shooting through the roof and were only ASU was only down two. So from that standpoint, good to the Sun Devils to be able to fight back. Um, the Dogs did have a 14-0 run at one point in the first half when they ended up switching more to a zone defense. And I remember the, the commentator specifically talking about that zone and what was working for them. So uh, being on a 14-0 run, you, you never lose any sport, in my opinion, on one specific play, maybe in some some off scenarios, but you look back throughout the course of a game, you allowed a 14-0 run and you lost by two. You didn't even have to match them. If you went like 14-3, 14-4 in that same run or at least like amount of time, you win this game. And I understand that's not how everything works. Like different plays get drawn up. Like everything after that moment could be totally different, but uh, definitely a lot of squandered opportunities. Uh, specifically in in the first half, I feel. Yeah, and I mean, towards the end of the game, when they had their their decent little cushiony lead, unfortunately, the Dons were able to get some really clutch three-point shots that put them in control of the game. And then within the final few seconds of the game, DJ Horn drove right down the court, and he was in position to get a layup and end up putting the Sun Devils ahead with very few seconds left in the game, but he missed the shot and they drew an offensive foul, weren't able to get the ball back, and they lost 66-65, to so a very, very close game. And unfortunately, you can once again talk about the turnovers for the Sun Devils being another big issue. So they were able to force 21 turnovers, but they gave the ball away another 13 times. And unfortunately, DJ Horn, who wasn't even the leader in points for this game, Gave the ball away the most. He had four turnovers. He was only shooting, uh, what's that end up being? He, he's about 33%. Yeah. Which is like, like I, I've been talking about this for like the last week or so. DJ Horn is playing great basketball, especially without Marcus Bagley. Like you needed a guy to step up good on DJ Horn. A lot of his, his box scores, it, it doesn't seem like he's the most, he has not been the most efficient shooter, right? And if you take like two shots in a game, you make both of them, your, your field goal percentage is phenomenal. Or even if you make one, you're shooting 50%. Uh, so the more shots that you take, the more opportunity you have to to make and or miss. Uh, so DJ Horn is shooting with a ton of volume, but uh, so I, I'm not going to put the game on him for being inefficient throughout the game. We did have some other uh, scores as well. Uh, Kamani Lawrence put up 18 points as well as Jay Heath. Jay so, Heath off the bench too with something something with Luther Muhammad going on. He only played nine minutes and. Heath was able to come off the bench, play 35, which was second on the team behind DJ Horn, and tied the tied the lead, uh, team lead with points with Kamani Lawrence at 18. And he shot just under 50% on his field goals. See, I don't think it's a like a something going on with Muhammad kind of thing. Like I, I think he's healthy. I, they didn't mention anything. I don't believe he exited the game at all uh, due to injury. I just think they're letting Keith play more. But 35 minutes, 9 minutes is drastically different. Why not just let Heath start at that point? So that's definitely a little interesting. In the second half alone, there were about 14 to 15 different lead changes. So definitely at least good to see ASU not kind of faltering and just letting San Francisco take that lead and run with it. But as you had mentioned, uh, a couple back-to-back threes towards the end of the game when ASU was up like six with about four minutes left, um, almost put the game on ice. So that that definitely hurt. Um, Heath did end up hitting uh, a, a clutch three-point shot 
to end up taking a two-point lead in that game. Um, and then just towards the end, they just they couldn't draw anything up. So, But as I had mentioned, their last, what was it, three games that they had won, three-game win streak, they didn't dominate any of them. They took Oregon to overtime. They beat GCU by about five when pulling away at the very, very end. Uh, and then they beat, uh, why am I blanking? Who did they just beat? Was it North Florida? It was, I, no, North Florida was like week one. Um, whoever they just played uh, in the game before this, and we're just going to look that up. Um, they won, even though the other team took the, the last second shot. If they make that shot, ASU's on. Oh, that was a big win. It was Creighton. Creighton, that's right. Who, who ended up just, uh, they just beat Villanova. After we beat Creighton, yeah, we had to play the Ryan's, the three Ryan's of the apocalypse. Yeah, so so good for good for Creighton, definitely a quality opponent, good win for ASU. But if Creighton makes that last shot, they're on a two game losing streak now. Uh, they do get, I think it's like Florida A and M, who's having a pretty terrible season, so should be a, a pretty solid bounce back day, uh, bounce back day for them. But they're, they're playing games close. We we talked about that statistic before about ASU. I think was second. It was the second or leads college basketball in. Um, five or less point victories since 2019. They're when they're winning, not generally by a ton of points, regardless of who the opponent is. But uh, we'll, we'll see how they go. They, they should get another win before they start their uh, their their conference play, essentially like for the rest of the season. But getting USC, UCLA, and Arizona is going to be a very not so fun test for the Sun Devils team. Yeah, and I mean, once again, it's just going to be one of those things where we sit here and we wonder. Oh, is this game different with Marcus Bagley? And I mean, I mean, it, is it a fair question at this point, Connor? Like, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but now that you're just you're dropping these games by single digit points, and when I say single digit, I mean within five points. You're beating teams by less than five. You're losing the teams by less than five. Do you have guys stepping up? Like DJ Horn has been a godsend this year for this basketball team. Jay Heath really stepped it up yesterday too, but. What what happens with Marcus Bagley? I think that's going to be something that we're going to talk about consistently until he returns. So I I don't I don't know. Like I said, we've talked about it a little bit. You'll have to go back in our podcast and check it out and listen to what me and Connor have to say. But it just it, it's one of those things where right now we're just playing the what if game. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the first segment. When we return, we're going to talk about the Arizona State football schedule being released officially towards the end of last week. Me and Connor are going to give our initial thoughts about it and talk about which games we feel most comfortable and least comfortable with and just any other real general opinions about everything that's going on with the football team for 2022. You are listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I've been telling you about Price Picks, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, Price Picks makes college basketball more exciting. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. They're a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world, and offers all the star players of the Power 5 as well as mid-major players that you might not have ever even heard of. PricePix offers you any prop you can pick up in basketball. You can pick points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and much more. Here's how it's going to work. You're going to use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get up to $100 in instant deposit match at 100%. Just be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDON. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. They also allow mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on Embiid combined with the under on Rodgers in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. 
PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate and check out prizepix.com and use that promo code locked on or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making the Locked On Sun Devils podcast your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the ultimate college football playoff preview for 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. And now we're back for the second segment of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Connor, we got to talk some football because the Arizona State 2022 football schedule has been released and there is a lot of really good games. In fact, there's one marquee game very at the early on. Very beginning of the season that we got to highlight. And we just that is the NAU Lumberjacks cannot miss Woo! football coming to Tempe. Hey, that's oh, that that's not right. No, it, it's it's week two that we're looking at. But wait, that team beat U of A. Oh, you know what? In Tucson. That means nothing. <laughs> no, uh in all seriousness. Arizona State is going to kick off a home-and-home series for 2022 and 2023 when they go to Stillwater, Oklahoma to play the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who were one game away from winning the Big 12 championship game this year. That is is the game for the Arizona State Sun Devils uh, football program in 2022. Connor, oh man, that, that is going to be a very exciting game. It, depending on what ASU looks like this offseason, there's a lot of time. Obviously, you've got you've got Jaden Daniels coming back. You've got um, it's other not, players coming back. But no, your, that, your defense, your defense, like the secondary is going to be different, but your front seven is still going to look rock rock solid. And it, well, I mean, you're getting a lot of changes up at the linebacker position. As far as the defensive line, totally, totally agree. Sure, but Soli and Gentry both looked the part. Yeah. So I feel like passing of the torch could be good for them. But Trevez Moore coming back that was that was something that we needed to bring up. Was Trevez Moore is coming back? You have Jermaine Lole coming back. You've got other pieces who are going to be getting more time. Omar Norman Lott is another guy we need to highlight. So the front seven is going to be really good. The the back four is going to be where we see a lot of difference. But more than anything, Connor, this is going to be such a good test for them. But we also got to highlight Oklahoma State's losing guys, too. Spencer Sanders is going to be gone. He's their starting quarterback. There's a very good chance that Tay Martin is also gone. I believe he is a senior at the wide receiver spot. He looks like a very draftable player as well. Oklahoma State is going to be looking to reload their team as well. So on the surface... Maybe this isn't the blowout special that we could be thinking. I will tell you, there is an opportunity for this to be an ESPN game that kicks off earlier in the day. This this looks like the makings of maybe a 10 o'clock or a 2 o'clock kickoff. It definitely will not be a night game. Listen, like, sports are sports are weird. We, we can sit here and say, what did Oklahoma State end up being ranked? Did they finish at, like, number 6 or something they like They were that? within the top 12. Oh, did they fall off? They did because they lost to Baylor. Okay, gotcha. E- either way, I think going into their championship game, they they were like number six in the nation or something like that. This is a very quality football team. Yes, they have to, to retool, especially at like the, the quarterback position. I don't know what their depth chart looks like, and I'm not familiar with what their early signing date was. Number nine. They are number nine, and they're actually playing in the Fiesta Bowl, which is in Glendale, Arizona, against number five Notre Dame. Interesting. Um so, very quality football team. <laughs> Excuse me. They, they've been put on the map. Um, 
it, they for what felt like for a while they were kind of just Oklahoma's younger brother, right? Like it, it, everything football wise in the state of Oklahoma was all about the Sooners, but Oklahoma State balled out this year, so and took down the Sooners and, and took down the Sooners. So uh, definitely going to be the biggest game of the year for ASU. We can only speculate so much, right? Based on who they sign, things we hear from practice, kind of how the the season ended from twenty twenty one. We can have our predictions all we want, but there's things we were going to be right about going into this year and things we were definitely wrong about. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I would say right now my feelings are a little down going into 2022 compared to this previous season, but who knows? There, there's still so much time, Richie, as you had talked about. There, there's no reason to get kind of down in, in, in the dumps about it until football games are actually played, right? Getting guys like Jermaine Lole back healthy. Um, hopefully Jaden Daniels being able to, to progress as a passer, maybe the wide receivers getting a little bit more time in the, the system uh, as well as growing in themselves. Maybe some things drastically change for this football team. It's not so much that I'm saying ASU is going to surprise in 2022 and just win, uh, win their division and the conference, but in some aspects, ASU might not be as bad as, as I think they could be. So if they could come win this game, not so much prime time, but not Pac-12 after dark, That'd be a great win for this football team going forward. Still showing that Herm Edwards and the rest of the team look like they mean business. Yeah, a hundred percent. the The thing is, right now, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, excuse me, should be favored in this game, rightfully so. It, if if for no other reason than because we have to go to Stillwater, which is a very tough place to play. And uh, dude, just they have been such a quality team for over over ten years now. The better part of fifteen uh, ish years. However long Mike Gundy has been there, because Mike Gundy has been a very, very good head coach to the point where I'm surprised another team hasn't tried to pluck him away from Oklahoma State. But he's been there nonetheless, and he's put out very good teams. I mean, you rewind 10 years ago, they took down Andrew Luck's Stanford Cardinal in the Fiesta Bowl. Yes, the Fiesta Bowl behind Brandon Whedon and uh, Justin Blackman, who are some throwback names right there. He's had he's had the likes of oh my god uh, Mason Rudolph throwing two guys like James, James Washington, Washington and um, Marcus at Aitman Marcus Aitman I believe is his name he's had Justice Hill he's had Chuba Hubbard recently he's had Spencer Sanders and Tay Martin who we've, who we've highlighted uh, they they've had the likes of Emmanuel Ogba run through that defense I know Ogba was there Ogba was there so was Justin Gilbert who was the sixth or seventh overall pick at cornerback back in 2014 they've had a lot of really good players come through that program they are going to be doing a little bit of reloading not rebuilding reloading Oklahoma State is going to be a contender every single year until Mike Gunny decides to leave that program it's a very good team Connor and I'm looking forward to it because especially going to Stillwater. That is a really good opportunity for you to make some noise early in the season. This is week two. You have the opportunity to make some noise and pull out a win against Oklahoma State. And Connor, with how much you're reloading, that would be a staple victory for Oklahoma State. Let's touch on the rest of the schedule or, here. Before uh, versus, we... versus Oklahoma State, not, not for Oklahoma State. That'd be a staple victory for the Arizona State Sun Devils. That would just be a win for Oklahoma State. Um, but let's talk about the rest of their schedule here. Early on, like I said, you do get NAU. Uh, after Oklahoma State, you do get Eastern Michigan. So some easier games still in there, but not not as, as easy as it was this last year where we had three or four pretty easy games early on. 
Uh, so ASU is going to get tested pretty early here, which could be good. But then they get Utah at home, USC, Washington, so nothing. Uh, nobody they hadn't played last season. Really, the only difference in the, their schedule after that is they get Stanford. That's the only other team that they play that was not on their 2022, or sorry, 2021 schedule. We did play Stanford. This last year? Yes, you're fired. Yes, we had to go up against uh, uh, Tyler What's-His-Face. You're we picked, right. Okay. He had zero interceptions coming into that game. We got him three times. So basically, it's those first three games that are different. Everyone else, obviously, including the, the South, you play every single year. Uh, but it doesn't look like they have anybody new from the North at all. So. No, yeah, you're just you're shuffling the teams you played last year. In, instead of having uh, an example, instead of having Stanford at home, you are going to Stanford, uh, California. Instead of going to Corvallis, you have the Oregon State Beavers coming to Tempe. Yep. There, there is a lot of changes coming to the Pac-12. A lot of changing at the guard. Utah is going to be trying to find a, a new marquee guy on the defense because Devin Lloyd is going to be gone. Thank God for that. Uh, they're going to be trying to find a new quarterback because their guy is no longer eligible. He's going to be gone as well. Look at USC. They Now they me. are rebuilding and retooling, it feels like. I don't know what to think of them. Obviously, Lincoln Riley is there. Keaton Slovis is transferring, but Jackson Dart is going to be the quarterback. And quite frankly, he deserves to be because he's better. But they do lose Drake London, so we'll see what they're. Uh, Washington Huskies—they're just—they're just—they're not that good. So not worried about them. Plus, you get them in Tempe. Stanford—you have a very good chance that their quarterback's coming back. And forgive me, I just can't remember his name. You had to go to Boulder this year for the Colorado Buffaloes. Still feels like a pretty easy win. You get UCLA in Tempe. They no longer have uh, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. There's a very good chance that Zach Charbonnet. Declares for the draft as well. Uh, you have to go to Pullman to play the Washington State Cougars again. They're just they're going to look like a different team because their uh, their main running back, the the white kid, I can't think of his name, um, big but bruiser guy. It's not McIntosh. McIntosh was the back. No, 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 no. Oh my god, I'm just drawing blanks on players right now. Why do you think of that? Don't they have a? Uh, actually, let me let me ask you this before just so we can close the segment out. Um, I had asked you off the podcast yesterday. We we dodge Oregon, who does get Bo Nix now as their their new starting quarterback. Oh, I, I wish I wish we got to play Oregon with Bo Nix. Do, do you really feel that way? Because I still feel like this yes. is a very solid Oregon team that would not be any easy win by any means. Sure, but the, you got to remember that not only are they going to Bo Nix, but you are probably losing Vernon McKinley, their stud free safety. They are losing Kayvon Thibodeau as well. Their receivers are going to look a lot different because Johnny Johnson, who admittedly didn't play much this year because of injury will no longer be there as well. You're going to be losing C.J. Verdell and uh, Troy Dye Jr. Oregon's going to look very different next year. Connor, right now on the surface, the Pac-12 is once again wide open. And I'm here for it. Because Arizona State, even though they're losing so much on defense, there's a lot of continuity coming back in the offense. You're basically bringing back your entire receiving core. You you do lose your top two running backs, but Daniel Nagata is no slouch. He is a stud. You are you are bringing back um, a good amount of your offensive line as well, and the front seven is still going to be there. So on the surface, Arizona State somehow, some way, is not going to be out of reach for the Pac-12. They should be finishing in the top six. And quite frankly, this is a very favorable schedule. You look at your tough games. You have to go to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State. You do have to go to 
you got to go to LA to take on the USC Trojans. You got to go to Stanford to take on the Cardinal, which don't know how we feel about that yet. It, that's wait and see. You you got to go to Pullman to play Washington State, which is going to be a tough game. And that's it. That's really only four games where you sit there and you're like, man, on the surface, those feel like four guaranteed losses. The rest of these games feel very, very winnable. But again, there's a lot of time for all this to change. And we will have plenty of conversations about it in the future moving forward. But we are going to go ahead and stop the conversation there to finish up our second segment. When we return, we are going to talk about our boy Darian Butler, who is the player for the for the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We're going to talk about him and his NFL draft future as he has accepted an invite to the East-West Shrine Bowl. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball to football to NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you've been listening to Locked on Sendables for any amount of time, any amount of time, doesn't matter if it's one episode or several months, you know that Built Bar is our absolute favorite protein bar. So this holiday season, grab that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better, that's going to be Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich but decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. But here's the thing, it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but it's high in protein, so you get the best of both worlds, it's delicious and healthy. So with so many flavors, you're honestly going to have a hard time choosing. Will it be the raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar uses that extra fuel you need this holiday season to bust down those mall doors and batter all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar at family gatherings or parties. People are just so passionate about their favorite flavors, they'll fight over it and things can get out of hand fast. Are you friends with Santa? But tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa and let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. Go to Bilt.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 50% off your order. Again, use that promo code LOCK15 for 50% off at BiltBar.com. We're back for the third and final segment of the Locked on Sun Devils Monday edition of the podcast. Connor, it is tradition. We got to talk about Darian Butler at some point during any podcast. And thankfully, he has made some news very recently, more particularly for his draft stock, as he has accepted an invite to the East-West Shrine Bowl, the first major step for his uh, um, NFL draft future. What are our initial thoughts about this? So the East-West Shrine Bowl is kind of, hopefully it's going to be a precursor to the Senior Bowl, right? And it, this this is definitely an opportunity. We have seen in the past guys show out at the East-West Shrine Bowl and end up getting an invite to the Senior Bowl. In fact, as recently as there, there was another Arizona State player 
who was able to ball out at the East-West Shrine Bowl and get himself a Senior Bowl invite. If my memory serves, oh man, who was this? Was it like recently, recently? Very recently. So not like Demarius Randall or something like no, the last no, no, years. no, no, no. Within the last like five years, Frank Darby. No, Darby didn't get a Senior Bowl. Uh, uh, please, stand by to stand by, Connor. Go fin- finish your thought. So it's at least good to see him getting recognition while we're we're still hopefully that waiting for him to get a Senior Bowl invite. The dude's that talented. So. The, the game, I think, is like February 3rd, if I'm not mistaken, February 3rd, 2022. So there's a decent amount of time for Butler to get healthy and get conditioned leading up to that game. Just to, we we want him to be nationally televised as much as possible. So it, it's not like, like, listen, like Darian Butler's not the best linebacker in this draft class. We think he's a very talented linebacker. And what he's going to do at the NFL level, we have literally no idea. But it's good to see, especially a fan favorite for what he's done for this school get his shot. We look forward to watching him play in this game, uh, as well as hopefully getting an invite to the NFL Combine uh, and, and moving forward with this pro day and whatnot. It is kind of depressing and bittersweet because this basically all but ensures that Darian Butler is not going to the Senior Bowl. What to, date's that? Uh, February 5th. So uh, just, I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah, just a couple of days after the Shrine Bowl, which means that, uh, Connor, he's going to be busy with practices at the Shrine Bowl. So, like, 99.9% chance Darian Butler is not going to be going to the Senior Bowl. Very unfortunate because I was going to be making my way down to Mobile this year, and I was really hoping to see him. But obviously there are plenty of other seniors that will be going to the Senior Bowl. Knock knock on wood, dot, dot, dot. Like m- maybe Merlin Robinson or Jack Jones could get themselves into the Senior Bowl, but we will not be having Darian Butler. Rashad White has already accepted his invite, but no Darian Butler. I'm glad he got to a bowl game, but it is very bittersweet. And as of right now, I don't believe he has opted out of the Las Vegas Bowl, which is one more opportunity for him to ball out there. No, I mean, ultimately, you started off your your last kind of section with saying, like, he's busy with practices, right? Darian Butler is putting in work. So good for him. Uh, to, to your point, no, I don't believe he's opted out of the bowl game, so... As of right now, I would fully expect Butler to play in this game. So one more uh, essentially show for this ASU Sun Devils team. Last time you'll at least get to see him in uniform. So hopefully that's a chance for him to ball out uh, again on a more nationally televised game than playing at like 8 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night uh, here even on the West Coast time. But good for Darian Butler, man. Great player from everything we hear and see from him. Sounds like a great dude. Um, Definitely cheering for him moving forward. Yeah, and according to AZ Central... He will be playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. So with that being said, we are going to go ahead and end this Monday edition of the Locked on Sundables podcast. As always, we thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Go ahead and make sure that you make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. As always, free and available on all platforms, just like the... just. <laughs> Just like the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, free and available Monday through Friday. Spotify, Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, me and Connor are there giving you the best Arizona State football and basketball content for you guys. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Follow the page at LO underscore Sun Devils. Follow myself at RichieBrads36 and follow Connor at Cedrios. You make sure to keep it locked right here on the Locked on Sun Devils podcast.